Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Hey folks, welcome to Are You a Fan by Moonbound Productions. If you like the episode, give us a like, follow, heck, maybe even share with a friend. So this week, I got a question for you, D-Rail, and for the fans out there. What you got? So if you could be in any faction in the Star Wars universe, what faction would you join? Oh, that's a good one. That's, oh. <laughs> mm, that's a tough one, too. <laughs> it, it definitely can be. Okay, we're not going Jedi. I'd get kicked out fairly quickly from there. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I, and you can't technically be in a faction after being kicked out. Uh, the Sith just seem very angry all the time. Like, I, I just, I get you're passionate, but, like, does it have to be the anger thing? For the way the dark side kind of works? Yeah. Yeah, so not really that. Um, great Jedi don't exist. Uh, <laughs> God dang it, man. An exile. I'd have to go with a Jedi, though. I, I want the Force powers because I know there's plenty of other factions, but really want that Force power. <laughs> right. So I'll, I'll kind of one up you on that one because I just saw about them, and I think it's still a Legends thing at this point. I don't think they exist in canon. They were called Mandalorian Knights. They were Jedi who got exiled that became Mandalorians. Actually, I think, oh, they, just- I think actually they left the Jedi. During the time when the Mandalorian War was happening with Revan, and so, they joined the other side, and they they wore the armor but still used their lightsabers. I would like to change my answer. <laughs> I want to be that. I mine would definitely be that, or just the Mandalorians in general, just because they're they're very warrioristic, very honor bound, and like they're a bunch of badasses. Oh yeah, they are. And honestly, that kind of brings us into our character this week. We're going to be talking about Boba Fett. And uh, kind of the one who created the whole Mandalorian race. Yep. And uh, for starters, before we even get in the episode, we would like to give you all a spoilers warning for The Bad Batch and Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Because they are still new enough. Some people may not have watched them, but there are things that will be talked about in this episode that do not that do show up in those shows so we don't want to give that away so this is your warning now come back to it after you've watched those shows and let's get into it so with this one we're just kind of going uh straight into the universe right yep similar to like the the ones we've done in the past where it goes over mostly just their canon a few fun facts fair enough so uh, let's start out. Boba Fett was born in 32 BBY. Uh, Homeworld is Kamino. Father is Django Fett. And the original code name is Alpha. First appeared in the Star Wars. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yep. So he did not first appear in the films. Nope, he, he first did not. He first appeared in the Star Wars Holiday Special in 1978. We all just kind of forget about that because nobody wants to remember that special. It's a rough watch. It's it a really a rough watch. It was a horrible watch. It Because of how bad that one was, it was very hard for me to watch the new Lego Holiday Special that Disney created. Because I was like, I know how bad the old one was. I'm very hesitant to watch this. I haven't even tried. Actually, it's not bad. Okay. 
is not bad for what it is. Okay, that makes and, me a little less nervous to try to and watch from it. And what I understand between the two, nowhere near as bad as the original. I've seen plenty <laughs> of clips and film breakdowns of it, because a lot of people are like, you want to know the worst concept of a Christmas special? That's what they generally go to. Yep. So, Boba was originally meant to be a white-armored stormtrooper super commando, but his concept would evolve into the Mandalorian culture we now know. Oh, yeah. Don't you have one of the action figures yes, of do. him? Full white Thank, armor? Thanks to a, an old friend. He bought me for Christmas a black figure of his white armored uh, concept. Heck, yeah. Okay. And uh, we also have Boba was part of Django's deal made with the Sith Lord Darth Tyrannus. That along with considerable payment, he wanted an unaltered clone for himself. Now, some of you who may not know, because it is just one of those that even I forget until they call him it while I'm watching Clone Wars, Darth Tyrannus is, um, what's his? Count Dooku. Count Dooku. Honestly, they use the Tyrannus line so little that <laughs> yep. whenever they refer to, like, we must contact Darth Tyrannus, I'm like, what character are they talking about? Yep. I remember we had to talk about that during the Sidious one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that whole transaction we see... And what I don't know if it's officially canon anymore, but that was a part of the Legends game, uh, Bounty Hunter. Ooh, which and, is, which follows all of Django Fett and how he became the clone template. Yep, and that's a it was a really good game. I highly recommend it to anybody who still has a hold of the old systems. Heck, actually, if you have, uh, I think it's PlayStation Now, you can stream it on your Playstations, so you can get it. You can access it right now on those. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little wonky playing with new controls and not the GameCube controls. Yep. Um. So until recently, uh, as we find out in the Bad Batch, Boba was believed to be Django's only unaltered clone, or as Yoda would say here, there is another. <laughs> um, however, we would learn he has a sister, Omega. Which Omega was revealed to be an unaltered clone of Django during the later part of the first season of the Bad Batch. Which was an interesting thing to find out. It really was. Because I know a lot of the content creators on YouTube I watch, they're all going like, she's going to be a force sensitive. I yeah. Mean, still trying to go with that, but yeah, uh, I'm not, I, don't, I don't agree with that because you can't be force sensitive and an unaltered clone. Yeah, exactly. I, I believe her. Yeah, no, no, no. She definitely, I don't see the force sensitive. I do see the fact that she can pick up on all of the traits of all of the other clones like, oh yeah like skill sets very easy for her which kind of makes sense if she's the one of the few unaltered templates yep and as far as i know now that makes the only two unaltered clones oh unless yeah. they come out with another one now okay yeah no as a child bubba learned many skills that Django learned over his career bubba would become proficient with a blaster and martial arts at a young age and would be able to operate the weapons on his father's ship, the Slave One. Which is amazing! Oh god, yeah. We also get to see him operating Slave One turrets during his escape with uh, Django from Kamino. And along with getting to witness, uh, see him witnessing the death of Django by Mace Windu on Geonosis. Which, you know... You know, nothing more traumatizing for a kid than watching their dad get decapitated. Especially because yeah. if you watch that scene closely, you see the shadow of the head coming out of the helmet. Oh, my God. Oh, yep. God. So, wow. yeah, no, they really make that one traumatizing. 
Dang. It's better than some of the memes I've seen of Boba holding the helmet where it shows the head coming out. out. (laughs) Uh, For anybody who's like, how can you laugh at that? Uh, As somebody who's watched their fathers die, I kind of find it slightly comforting and funny. (laughs) We all cope differently. Okay, so Clone... uh, Let's get it. Oh, yeah. Clone Wars. (laughs) The, The literal kind of the... Django dying led into the Clone Wars. Yep. So now we get into his early time during the Clone War. Okay. After the start of Clone Wars, Boba joins a team of bounty hunters that included well-known hunters of the time. Ara Singh? Am I, am I reading her name yeah. right? Ara Singh and Bosk. Ah, I do like Bosk. Bosk we see in a lineup including Boba later on during Episode 5. Bubba would join them to carry out his revenge against Mace Windu, which I got to tell you, I love the inclusion of Bosk right. in the series. Because it shows that, one, he's old enough to have kind of been around yep. and why he's one of the hunters that Vader would later use. Exactly. Because he's been around long enough. He's become well-known. And, and he survived that long. Exactly. And he kind of was a fan favorite, too. Which was kind. Of, it was just also cool to find out like their relationship too. Like they yep. actually had a like you know known each other that long. Exactly. Which th- for those who don't know who Bosk is, he is the lizard-looking guy in Episode Five that is wearing the spacesuit. Yep. Very generic concept, but like man, he he made an impact. Oh yeah. So in Boba's first attempt, he would uh, pose as a clone cadet in a class touring the Republic starter story, the Endurance. At Singh's instructions, though with hesitation as he only wanted to kill Windu, he would sabotage the Endurance's reactor core. The ensuing explosion would critically damage the ship, causing it to crash. Boba would ultimately fail after a second attempt on the planet Vancor at the Endurance's crash site. Which, that would include him using his father's helmet as a decoy at, with an explosive underneath it. Which, I mean, you know, like, if that ain't a calling card... <laughs> Oh, it definitely was, cause it, and it almost worked, as you see in the episode, because it took Windu a second to remember whose helmet he was looking at, yep. and once he did, he knew what was about to happen. It was definitely, like, that episode is pretty intense, especially that scene, just because, like, man, the animators of that show were pretty amazing, because you see it set in his face, Yep. of like, what's this hell, oh no! Especially because, like... Skywalker was getting closer to it, and Mace is like, nope, get away. Yep. No, and yeah, he almost got him. Yeah, almost almost did. Okay, so Boba and others would take Republican prisoners to Florum to meet a to meet the space pirate Hondo Onaka, which ah, love An- Hondo. Another very quick fan favorite of the series. <laughs> very much so. Uh, he would make a transmission prior to arriving, showing the Jedi they had prisoners. This would put Master Plo Koon and Padawan Ahsoka Tano on their trail instead of Windu like Boba wanted. Also, seeing Plo Koon spelled out, I realized me when I was texting you the other day, I may have misspelled that completely. Oh, yeah, but I know who you're talking about. Cool. (laughs) You generally are pretty good about reading my dyslexic speech. So, Boba would be captured by the Jedi, but refusing to give the prisoners location. Uh, Hondo would then convince Boba that Jango would want his son to do the honorable thing, uh, leading him to give the location of the prisoners. 
And at the same time, Bosk would also be captured after the prisoners were rescued. Uh, they would both be sent to Coruscant. Boba would meet Windu upon the arrival and would apologize for his actions, but would vow to never forgive him. So, I mean, at least that's a step. Yep. Is, 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 he at least knew what he did wasn't great. And the fact that he helped blow up a ship. Yeah. And kill who lot. knows how many. A lot of people probably uh, probably aren't alive during that moment. But um, it's also it is one of those, like, it's kind of understandable when you're the one who, like, like straight up murked the dad in front of him. Oh, yeah. I think Windu understood why it was happening. Yeah. But being a Jedi is like, you kind of went about it in a bad way. Yep. Like, you, like if you just come and just tried to assassinate me, a little different than blowing up an entire cruiser. Yeah. These are your pseudo brothers on here, man. Which took him a long time to accept that. I could he, imagine. He hated the fact that they were his brothers and like refused it for a long time. Yep, and uh, you kind of see that through, throughout even the... Especially even, in that episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Boba would later form his own bounty hunter syndicate, uh, Crate's Claw. Yep. Based on Tatooine. He would hire hunters including Bosk Den, uh, Denjar. Dengar. Bosk Dengar. During the early years, uh, is that Bosk and Dengar? Yeah. Oh, two separate entities. Yep. Sorry. Uh, during the early years, Bobo would come across the Sith assassin Asajj Ventress, along with Jedi Master Quinlan Voss. Which is slightly only funny because if you if we consider the game Bounty Hunter canon, uh, Asajj Ventress is who his father had to defeat. No. No? No, that was a whole nother uh, je- uh, Dark Jedi. What? No, because Asajj wasn't around yet. Oh. I don't remember what her name was, but yeah, no, it was not Asajj. My God. No, he would work with her, though, yeah, for he, a while. Yep, he does work with her. Okay, scratch from record what <laughs> I said. Um, no, actually, I think at this time when he meets the two of them, because her and uh, Quinlan kind of had a thing going at one point, too. Yeah, they had a Quinlan romance. went dark. Went back to the light, but yeah, there was a uh, a bit of that. Here is a good book too. They actually have a whole book about their story. Oh yeah, but it was also cool seeing in this that he worked with Dengar so early because that was another one that you see in the lineup in Episode Five. Yeah, the one with the kind of the towel wrapped around his head. Yeah, he's kind of more. Uh, he kind of looks almost like that, um, like that nomad bounty hunter exactly. type. Exactly. Which really cool look. I, I do. You don't see much of him even in the Clone Wars series, but he's still a fun character. Oh yeah, but it's it's, it's similar to Boss. It's cool to see they have that connection connection so early. Yeah, so so Boba would learn more about the bounty hunter trade from both Cad Bane and Hondo. He would gain the reputation as one of the deadliest hunters in the galaxy, being known for disintegrating his enemies, which you know leads to a very famous line much later on. <laughs> yep. So. That is pretty. That is pretty interesting, and uh, and it's impressive that he gained that reputation essentially of his father so early on. Right, like this, he would have probably what been eighteen by the time he gained this reputation, give or take. Actually, I don't even think it'd be that old. Maybe fifteen, ish, ish. So, wow, impressive. Definitely, definitely his uh, father's clone. Oh yeah. So Bobo would inherit his father's Mandalorian armor. 
or what was left as the helmet was destroyed in his second attempt to kill Windu and rebuild in Django's memory. So he would, yeah, he'd get the armor, he'd rebuild it in his father's memory, and he would take back the slave one. He would adorn his armor with braids on his shoulder as trophies. These braids in current continuity may be either from Wookiees or Jedi Padawans. Oh, man, that got dark. Which in Legends, it was definitely Wookiee braids. Okay. There, there was no contesting that one. But so, uh, yeah, he did that very proudly as his proof of what kind of a hunter he was. Which arguably, yeah, like like uh, Wookiees are considered very dang- dangerous and deadly and hard to take out. And I think in one of his stories in Legends, like he took one out barehanded. Like Bobo was a beast, dude. Those things can rip battle droids apart. Like, oh with yeah, bare hands like that's really impressive. Holy cow! Well, later on, he would become a notorious bounty hunter and become known as the best bounty hunter in the galaxy, much like his father before him. You know, hey, it's a uh, Bobo Django line there. Right. Or I guess that would be a Luke line. Yeah. You know, a bounty a hunter. Bounty, bounty my... hunter like my father before me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he would become Jabba's go-to hunter before the time of the Galactic Civil War, which we kind of see more of during the, the original trilogy where he is mostly Jabba's hunter. Yep, definitely works close with Jabba the Hutt, the Hutt family. But, you know, it's one of those you all do well in the underground. They run it. So, yep. Shortly before the Battle of Yavin, Boba would attempt to collect the bounty on some runaway droids Vader was looking for. He followed one droid's footprints, which led to tracks from a sand crawler. Tracing the sand crawler's path to its destination, he discovered that the Jawas had been wiped out, most likely by stormtroopers. Bubba would deduct that the Empire's forces likely killed everyone known to have seen the droids. This includes the two inhabitants living at a uh, torched moisture farm, which Boba Fett had investigated. Boba figured that there had been three inhabitants living there, and that the third had likely run off with the droids. Not wrong. (laughs) Right. The one thing I love about that is it's always been a question of who got Owen and Beru. Yeah. And because of the way they died, a lot of people have been like, it had to have been Boba. This kind of puts it into that question where it was clearly the Empire that got to him. Which, I'm not going to lie, I actually didn't know that. And I always question that. I'm like, you know, like, flamethrower. <laughs> exactly that or his... You know, knowledge or his uh, reputation disintegrating. Yeah. Like, there was enough stuff that pointed to Boba being the one that killed him. So that is actually a bit of a shocking information. Uh, but it's kind of nice to have uh, some light shed on that. <laughs> that is very nice. So now we are moving officially into the Galactic Civil War uh, so that you see in the original trilogy. Let's do it. So shortly after the Battle of Yavin, Boba would be in Jabba's palace when Darth Vader would visit to negotiate terms of the Hutt clan, Hutt clan supplying the Imperial military with raw resources to incre- increase their production. Uh, Vader would, however, arrive early on his own behalf. Jabba ordered his court to leave them in privacy. I mean, you got to know you're standing if you're willing to stand in front of Vader alone. Yeah, my God. <laughs> Um, Vader would reveal that he needed two of Jabba's top bounty hunters. Jabba and the Dark Lord would come to an agreement, and Jabba sent Boba and the Wookiee Black Karsten 
uh, to aid uh, Vader. Ooh, yeah, I've heard of that Wookiee. Yeah, which outside of the books, though, it's like he doesn't really exist much, which is kind of sad because from what I've seen, he is also a beast. Oh, yeah, and a fun character, too, from what I've seen. So later that day, they would meet Vader in the desert, and Bubba would be sent to capture the rebel pilot associated with Obi-Wan Kenobi and the ship the Millennium Falcon. Vader told them to start immediately as he basked in a Tusken Raider camp. He had slow. Oh, he had slaughter. Ah, always return to the scene of the crime. Oh, that's a new crime. <laughs> oh, again? No, Anakin. <laughs> At least I'm assuming it's a, a new one. I'm... I mean, I'm hoping it's not, but it'd be very hard to find the original camp you slaughtered all those people in. So, yeah, probably a new one. Anakin, it may not be. True. He may have that one ingrained in his mind. True. (laughs) Because I know uh, Obi-Wan visited a few times. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, Boba began immediately. He would start in Moss Eisley, knowing that that's where Solo frequented, uh, which, yeah, I'm going to just restart that. Boba would begin immediately, and he started in Moss Eisley, knowing Solo frequented the town. Boba found a group of Rodians outside the cantina and informed them of his search for Kenobi, to which the lead Rodian replied that Kenobi was just some crazy old wizard who lived in the Dune Sea. And then he asked why Boba was looking for the wizard. Boba would point his weapon at the Rodian, stated that Kenobi was dead, and that he alone would be asking the questions. So, you know, good good uh, intimidation tactics there. Yep. Uh, man, a few words. Uh, so, Bobo would then kill the... Wow, man. Come on, dude. <laughs> hey, you said a few words. <laughs> Very true. So, Bobo would then kill the Rodians, then interrogate a group of Jawas and a family of moisture farmers and kill them all. Boba would dress the criminals and spacers in the cantina, telling them he was not leaving until someone provided the boy's name. So <laughs> I just imagine Boba with the Jawas just picking up this little thing <laughs> and just kind of shaking it around, like like putting it against the wall, like, tell me where he is. <laughs> just, yeah, now now that you bring that up, that's all I can see now. Just picks him up. I just can't take it seriously. Like, gives a quick shake, like, where are they? <laughs> so the bartender would claim, that o- would claim only that Kenobi had been in the cantina recently with a boy. Uh, but that was all anyone knew about him. But at that time, a young moisture farmer would bolt for the exit. Boba fired his fo- uh, fiber cord, tripping the teen, and the young farmer claimed to know nothing, but Boba obviously would knew he did since he tried to run. Because why? that never says anything. Right? Like, why wouldn't you just keep quiet? Like, the guy, the bartender already said they didn't, like, you're like oh, he, yeah, he they gave came. you an out. Yeah, he gave you an out, and then you're going to run? Yeah, you're... This is not the brightest, clearly. Okay. Yeah, clearly. No wonder you're just a moisture farmer. I don't know what goes into that. That actually might be very complex. <laughs> so Bubba tied the young So Bubba tied the young man down and proceeded to interrogate him, as expected. The teen would break and tell Bubba the boy's history on Tatooine and his name, Luke Skywalker. Bubba knew the teen spoke the truth and released the boy who had only wanted a drink. 
but would just shoot him right after. Because oh. clearly Boba was just on a rampage to find out this information. Right. As he has left a fairly large trail of bodies already. <laughs> what if he's just like upset to be on this job at all? To be honest, I think that's exactly what it is. Like as many people as he's just killed. Yeah, right? like, like he is not happy about this. Like the, he just like job is like, hey, uh, we need you to Darth Vader wants to hire you to track down Jedi and just like just like looking at that helmet, zooming in, just hearing the blast <laughs> of the clone wars in the background. Well, the thing is, he didn't even tell him he was hunting a Jedi. Oh, yeah. Well, he I guess technically Vader did when he told him he wanted to search for someone associated with, with Obi-Wan. Yeah. But that's the closest he has any knowledge to anything being with Jedi. Probably also just wasn't thrilled to be working for uh, Darth Vader either. I think that's more what it was, to be honest. And he's going on this mini old job of just tracking someone down. Yeah, I wouldn't want to work for Darth Vader if I was him either, because I'd get a little awkward with the staring problem that Darth Vader would probably have. Right. Like, why do you keep staring at me? You just you remind you, me of someone. You sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Boba would then head to, into the Jedlin Waste to Kenobi's hut, where he would wait for Skywalker. Uh, Skywalker and R2 would soon arrive after and would chase off a group of Tuscans with Luke's lightsaber. Uh, Boba would stealthily close in on them, and he, as they entered the hut, Boba threw a flash grenade and temporarily blinded Skywalker and short-circuited R2. Oh, wow. Well, uh, he did uh, get to them. Right. And this was a little bit of a fight we talked a little more on during um, Luke's episode. Yeah. Okay. And this one, it goes a little bit into it, mostly just stuff that came from Boba's perspective. Okay. A fight would then ensue between the two. At one point, Boba Fett would warn Skywalker did not have to be walking, just alive. So, so this, he is not messing around. Oh, God, no. So Skywalker would tell Boba that the bounty hunter never should have came to Kenobi's home and was adamant that he would fight Boba blind. For Jedi didn't need eyes. Although Boba reminded him he was no Jedi. I mean, he's not wrong. He's like, I've taken out Jedi, and you're not one of them. <laughs> uh, he is legit taking out Jedi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so during the fight, uh, the bounty hunter would cut Skywalker several times with viper blades and shoot him in the shoulder. Both combatants grappled one another, and Boba began to press the lightsaber towards Skywalker's face. However, this time, R2 would knock him unconscious. So that was when he threw a box at his head. Man, you really gotta you gotta keep an eye on that R two unit. Man. <laughs> you really do. He is a uh, he's a crafty little thing. Yeah, R two D two is nothing to mess with. <laughs> so Boba would later travel to meet Vader and report that the boy had gotten lucky and escaped. Vader was disappointed and asked if Boba had brought him anything of value. Boba told him he had at least discovered the boy's name, Skywalker. Unknown to Boba, he had just told Dark the Dark Lord that he had a son. Yeah. <laughs> Which continuity wise, this would all take place before the scene. I don't even remember what movie it's in at this point. I think it was episode five where uh Palpatine tells him he has a son. Yeah. So this all takes place before that scene. Which would explain why he wasn't more shocked. He had to play somewhat shy. Yeah. Just so that way he, it didn't let on that he knew something was up. Uh. And that, you know, his master had lied to him all those years ago. Which, mm, contemplating some stuff at that point. Oh, yeah. That that one's something we'll have to get into more when we do a, uh, 
episode on Vader. Heck yeah, we will. God, that's going to be one we have to do separately. One is Anakin and one is Vader. Yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> long one. We're going to have to do a two-parter on that. So, several years later, Fett would take the next job from the Dark Lord. He would rendezvous with the star, star Dreadnought, the Executor. This would be the scene we see in Episode 5, where Boba is in a lineup with the other hunters that includes old allies, Bosk and Dengar. But also a few others Boba didn't fully recognize, such as Forlom, Zuckus, and IG-88B. So this is, you know, that kind of famous scene we see where uh, Vader tells him no disintegrations. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, after finding out it's his son, definitely like, hey. Oh, yeah. Like, I know you're good, but like, I'm higher. Don't, don't go that far. <laughs> please. God, like, yeah, please, for four sakes, don't go that far. <laughs> so Bubba would win a 20-credit bet he had with Dengar that the job would involve Han Solo. <laughs> I love that they've just gotten so used to hunting Solo right? at this point. They're like, I bet you this much that this job's going to have to do with him. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, Solo, you, you have pissed off a lot of people in this galaxy. It really has. So we would see this job being discussed with the hunters and Vader and Boba uh, getting his warning against disintegrations. Boba would program decoy coordinates on the Slave 1 to fool other hunters that might pursue him. He would jump out and then jump, uh, jump quickly back into proximity of the Imperial fleet, locating the Millennium Falcon quickly because he had previously deducted that Solo would try to outlast the Empire. So his whole little trick of sitting on the back of the Star Destroyer, yeah, Boba saw that pretty quick. Oh, I, well, that that's how we see in the movie he floats off with the trash with him. Yeah. Because he already knew he was right there. That's pretty clever, Boba. <laughs> Which we also, there was some details I took out to kind of shorten the episode, but he actually, I guess, had to end up killing an Imperial who also saw the Millennium Falcon because Boba didn't want him to interfere with his potential to get this hunt. <laughs> Boba going to get his paycheck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's dark, but like, yo, respect, respect the cold hardness. Right. And then obviously during this, uh, we see how this hunt for Solo goes in the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, quite, quite, uh, quite successful. (laughs) Well, in the first part. Yeah, because as the next couple things go on, we see a little, some complications that happen. Oh, yeah. During his, uh, during his flight to Tatooine, Bubba would contact and assure Bib. Fortuna, Fortuna, yep. that Han Solo was alive. However, an alarm signal from the Carbonite sa- uh, sounded, and Boba discovered strange stains formed on the surface. He cut his call with uh, Fortuna and headed for Narshada, where he met with an old contact, Doc Reagan. Fett would be informed that the carbonite matrix with an organic being in it was unstable, but offered to solve the problem. Oh, okay. That's, hmm. Yeah, so he, he during his flight back, he figures out he's got a problem that he's got to fix quickly. <laughs> Quite. Um, so Bobo would explain to the doc that he couldn't pay at the moment, but would be given the alternative of killing the Kanji's arena pit warrior. Uh, at first, Boba did not want to anger, anger the Kanji's, especially since they would recognize him by his armor. However, uh, Reagan offered a nanospray making his armor all black. 
And we would later on see in The Force Awakens, the kanjis appear as the full name, the kanji club. So it's when we first meet uh, Han Solo. Oh! It's one of the two gangs that went after him. Okay, yeah. So that is the actual appearance we have seen of the kanjis. Okay. Uh, so Boba, Boba would use the name Baskar Brawler, Django. That's not bad. In the arena during the fight, the doc was um, the doc was killed and Solo stolen. Oh God! For uh, Fortuna would contact him again, telling him that Jabba was slowly getting impatient for his prey. Fett assured the Twi'lek that he would not disappoint Jabba, but that the hut would have to be patient. Yeah, those balls are saying that about Jabba. Yeah. Like you're uh, okay, so here's what I can tell so far, I'd like to say. Boba's a badass. Totally amazingly skilled badass. Who happens to have the worst luck and it almost <laughs> feels like the force itself is working against him. It, it really does, because yeah, the the more of his stories you learn, it's like, no, you just you just aren't lucky at all. Yeah. So Boba would uh, be attacked by two hunters, Zuckus and Forlom, after defeating them and using Forlom's head, because Forlom is a android or oh, a okay. cyborg, I guess technically. Okay. Um, but he would find in Forlom's head that Jabba had put out a bounty on Fett. Boba would return to Jabba's palace, uh, but would be met by Fortuna, demanding to know why he had a price on his head. He would be told Jabba heard of Fett's loss of Solo and assumed he'd stolen, uh, had sold him. As you know, your best hunter, you just assume the worst of him. Right? Like That's a stupid idea. Yeah. We not... see this guy disintegrates people. What do you think he's going to do to you? Leave you alive? Mm, yeah, Boba's not, not one I would have uh, pulled that on. I don't care who you are, um, who you are, Hut. Heck, honestly, even if I was a Sith, I don't know if I would have put that out on him. Yeah, he's taken out a lot of people. <laughs> so Bubba would find an in, in oh. so Bubba would find an invitation to Jabba after entering the palace from a hooded woman announcing the return of the Crimson Dawn and inviting Jabba to a celebration on Jakara. Which we've all seen or for those who have seen the solo movie, we know of the Crimson Dawn gang. Yep. And that was kind of the end of them for a while. But until a actually recent uh, book, it was, uh, I think it was just a book, not a series, but it was uh, War of the Bounty Hunters mm. that goes into this whole story we're about to go into. Oh, okay. Which talks about the return of the Crimson Dawn. Nice. Uh, after arriving on Jakar, uh, Jakara, Boba would be attacked by Bosk. Oh, because you know, everybody's still attacking him. <laughs> this would lead to Fett using his flamethrower and jetpack to blow off Boss's legs, and then use him as a warning to other hunters to dissuade them from pursuing him. Oh, dang! So he was friends at one point, but it's like you're interfering with my stuff, man. Yeah, you, you, you're gonna have to stop. Let that be a warning to every every one of my friends. And that's basically what happened, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh man respect right <laughs> fett would uh infiltrate the group of representatives of every major crime faction and then would be present when lady kiara kira kira presented solo and started the auction jabba would win the auction but before his prize 
could be taken away, a fight over Solo would ensue. That would involve Leia, Lando, Chewbacca, Darth Vader, and Kira. Kira. (laughs) Thank you. Vader would come out on top with Solo and take him into his Star Destroyer to use to get Skywalker to meet him. My God, that is a lot of characters battling <laughs> oh, over yeah. this frozen, frozen smuggler. <laughs> and those were just the most notable characters. Like, it was a fairly large fight. Because there were some people from Jabba that were in the fight, some others. Han has not got a great track record in this universe. I don't know, the bride, so at least he knows he got people going to rescue him before we see it in the movie. True. But yeah, Kira, she's the one in the movie... Um, that was Solo's uh, love interest oh, that played Daenerys. That straight up betrays him. Or wait, did she? Be- she no. didn't. She she kind of helped him, but she also took advantage of the situation and yep. became the leader of the Dawn. Or uh, that, I guess, pseudo leader since that was under Maul. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I remember that now. <laughs> uh, Fett would then depart himself uh, to reclaim the bounty from the Empire. He would enter an uneasy alliance with another hunter and track Vader's Star Destroyer. But before they could, uh, before they can get to it, they were suddenly met by a massive hut fleet. And during this fight, it's assuming somewhere during this is where Boba would reclaim Solo. Because when I looked into that story, there, I never saw an actual confirmation that that's when he got him. Okay. But that's kind of the best idea we got. Okay. Well, um, yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, where uh, we then see a return of the Jedi. Uh, see in. Oh, we we see uh, we then see in Return of the Jedi where Bubba would meet his assumed demise in the Sarlacc pit and the end of Fett in the movies. God dang, just bad luck, like skill, but oh, like and it really was because like that one was just pure. Pure luck on a Solo bl- to hit his jetpack. Yeah, a blind guy just turned with a spear and happened. You happened to be there. He wasn't even really trying. He's like, Boba Fett, where? Turned right. and bam. Took well, him out. Though after seeing a lot of videos and then re-watching the movies a couple times, I've because when The Mandalorian came out, they saw the damage on the back of his jetpack. They're like, oh, that's from when he got hit, in the, in, hit into the Sarlacc pit. Actually, it wasn't because you can see in the movies before that happens, he has that patchwork already on the jetpack. Uh-huh. So that also might explain how it was so easy to set it off. Yep, is it he already hit hit a it patched up spot? So it already had some damage. He just happened to hit the right spot on the jetpack, and it launched him. So yeah, I fully proclaim that the force is working against this humanoid, at least in his first life. Yeah. So. Let's go into after the Sarlacc pit. Because, so here in the second season of The Mandalorian, we would see Boba, like in Legends, survive the pit and escape. Um, But he would get separated from his armor after, which we would see later was collected by Jawas and then Cobb Vanth. And I know, to go along with your logic of the Force being against him, I know in Legends, so he got out the first time, ended up in a Jawa crawler, which almost immediately ended up back in the Sarlacc. Like, literally, within, like, a day, I think it was, he was back in the Sarlacc pit. I'm just so saying, he's, he's escaped not just once, but twice in Legends. I'm just saying, if we were picking fictional characters to represent us in, like, a giant, like, fight somewhere, 
I pick Boba if it's not in the star. If we can take him out of the Star Wars universe, <laughs> right? Because I feel I believe the Force is hindering this man. Oh God, yeah. So around nine Aby, he would find Finnick Shand on Tatooine near death and would save her. This led to her. Uh, this led her to agree to be Fett's partner. But you know. I saved your life, the whole life death thing. So. Pretty much, and which I mean, we never actually see that, but we we already know it's confirmed by them in the show. It's in, it's heavily implied, like well, not even implied, like they straight up say it. Oh, in okay, an episode because yep. he she shows the, uh, Din Djarin the robotics that yep. are now in her stomach because of that fight. Yeah, uh, the pair would leave Tatooine and track Din Djarin and Grogu to the ancient Jedi world Tython, and after a standoff with Din, uh, Din Djarin. Boba would propose a deal to protect Grogu in exchange for his armor back. Because that's all he wanted at that point. He really yeah. didn't care about the rest. He just wanted his armor. Yep. Because we, we see him watch Din Djarin drive off into the sunset with said armor. Yeah, uh, he really just like, yeah, he's just like, I want my armor. That was my dad's armor. Yep. Uh, soon after this, though, after that proposal, Imperial troops under Moff Gideon would attack and during the ensuing fight... Bo would see the Razor Crest open and would take the opportunity to claim his armor. Which then we see one of the most epic fights Bo has ever been in. Dude, it's amazing. Like, y'all gotta get caught up on this series. And it really shows a lot of what his armor has and the weaponry and just the epicness of Boba. I kind of enjoy the fact that we get to see both versions. Like, we get to see him fight without the armor, just show his skill. And then when he gets the armor, he just becomes... Like, he was already epic. And then with the armor, he became a god. Right? So, uh, yeah. So, Fett would, after the fight, would show uh, Denjarin his chain code showing his ownership of the armor, which would also bring back into canon that the Fets are Mandalorians. Or at least Django, as the chain code mentions, he was a foundling-like in legends which you know the foundlings are still technically Mandalorians. because yeah, yeah in legends uh jango's parents were killed during a fight between mandalorians and he would be rescued by another one of the factions yep and that's how he became a part of the mandalorian culture and their race and their people i just feel like when he's showing him the chain code he's like He's like, yeah, this armor, my dad made it for me. <laughs> right? I mean, with what little is actually still left of it being his dad's. Yeah, true. So, as we've talked about it a few times in that last section, um, so have a little explanation of what a chain code is. It's a type of identification marker that contains biographical uh, information on an individual attuned to a subject-specific biometrics. It's essentially a Star Wars version of a social security card. Ooh, that can read your DNA, too. Yeah. Right. And and we do see a lot of when the chain codes get uh, introduced into Star Wars canon during the Bad Batch. Mm, Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So so that's what a chain code is. And that's how he's able to prove prove the armor is his. Uh, That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Fett and Shan still indebted to Dijarn. I cannot say I can. Yeah, his Djarin. his name is weird. Dijarn, as Grogu was captured by Gideon. They would leave in the slave one to collect uh, Miggs Mayfield, believing he could help find Gideon. Which we see a, a pretty 
good episode and some uh, character growth for Migs and and then that 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 episode. Yep, it was a pretty solid episode. And some of the small a bit that Boba was in it, uh, we would see they would all take part in the attack on a refinery on the planet Morak. Here, he would fly the Slave One to pick up Dinjarin and Mayfield at the end of the mission and destroy two pursuing TIE fighters with a seismic charge. You know the. Greatest sound in all of Star Wars. I don't care what nobody says. That is the best sound. That is an amazing sound. So uh, then they would continue on. They would uh, then go to an unnamed desert planet, Bo-Katan, Kreez, and uh, Koska Reeves, two of the Mandalorians who originally declined to help, help saying they wouldn't fight Gideon. After hearing Bubba's voice as he suggested they leave the two night owls, would claim he is not a Mandalorian and nothing more than a clone and is a disgrace to his armor. A fight between Fett and Reeves would break out and Bo and Bo-Katan would break the fight up and agree to help. That was another fun episode, just watching... <laughs> right? An older Mandalorian and the young one. Because Boba even said he never said he was. Yeah. And kind of admits that he's really not because he never really accepted the culture in canon. True. And Grant, even in Legends, it took him a long time to fully fully go into the culture and eventually actually became Mandalore. Yeah, I remember remember reading about that. Uh, Fett would uh, help the rest of the group infiltrate Gideon's cruiser, and after they were in, he would jump away. And last we see his return to Jabba's palace on Tatooine and takes his place on the throne. Like a baller, too. Which obviously now leads us into the upcoming show, The Book of Boba Fett. Which, you know, everybody, go watch it. But I do love in that scene how he just straight up mercs Bib Fortuna. All right. He's like, oh, no, I'm done with you. I just I have love, no reason to keep you alive. Like, I love after he mercs him, he just walks up on the throne and just, like, kind of just, like, plops down, like, yeah. Right. Yeah, like, I'm the boss now. <laughs> Which is, it's funny to think about him killing Bib compared to Legend's fate for Bib was actually better. Really? Yeah. So, those little spider droids you see running around have uh, monk brains in them. That was what happened to Bib in Legend's. So he was left alive for centuries in a droid body. Because that was the the palace that Jabba had was actually a monk temple at one point. And uh, these monks, they did that procedure into the droids as a way to get rid of all body. physical. Um, uh, all worldly possess yeah, all worldly connection. Exactly. And yeah, someone did that to Bib as, I don't know if it was like a torture thing. I don't remember the whole story, but that's what happened to Bib in Legends. I'll take the gunshot. Right. I'll I'll, I'll take the laser blaster. Okay, so let's get into his equipment. Let's go first. Ship, Slave One, which was a Fire Spray 31 class patrol and attack craft produced by Kuat Drive Yards which in Legends was one of only six prototypes and became one of a kind when Django acquired it and destroyed the other five. Which you see that scene in the Bounty Hunter game. Yep. He acquires it, and yeah, he just turns around and shoots all the others so they can't pursue him. I remember that one, which you got to wonder, how difficult is like ship repairs for him? Because like every part has to be, I feel like... A lot of parts would have to be custom made. Oh, yeah. He had to take a lot of care of his ship. 
to not get damaged. Yeah. Just because the fact he destroyed all other ty- kinds of his ship. Exactly. Like, yeah, any part, like, they'd have to scan it and be like, well, this is, uh, like, this is going to take a while, man. Like, we, we have to custom make this from scratch. Right. And you know he had to go straight to Quat for that. Like, he was paying some serious cash for those parts. Oh, yeah. And now weapons. So, some of the weapons he's most famous for is a ZX flame projector and an MM9 wrist rocket, which are both on his gauntlets. Yep. Uh, he has a knee pad rocket dart launcher. Which, which is cool. Which is awesome because the only time you ever see it is in that episode in The Mandalorian. Yep. <laughs> uh, he has a Z6 jetpack with concussion missile, missile and grappler. And a Blastech EE3 blaster rifle, which is his most famous weapon, because that's the one you see in every movie. Oh yeah, I remember and every game and pretty much everywhere Boba is, you see his blaster, which is pretty awesome. And now we got the armor. He would acquire his father's Mandalorian armor after his death by Master Mace Windu. Django got this armor from the Mandalorians when he became a foundling, which I. Has a, it, it was a very different color than what Django had in the movies. I don't remember what color it was, but it was not silver. I think I heard about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I found out the story and I told you about it. Yeah. So by the time uh, we see him in the movie, all he has left of his father's armor is the upper body parts, such as the chest place, uh, such as the uh, chest piece, shoulder, paldra, paldrons, and the wrist gauntlets. We see he no longer has any of the leg armor and has a different jetpack. We also know his helmet is different since he blew up his father's in a trap for Windu. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure at this point he's probably gone through a couple different jetpacks. Oh, yeah, probably. So, uh, yeah, no, awesome character. Uh, and definitely has a very long-lasting legacy. Very much so, and one that's continuing. Amazingly, for a character who had pretty much no lines in his first movie, became world famous, became one of the most popular characters that literally created the Mandalorian race. Dang. It didn't exist until after his popularity skyrocketed. Which is ama- amazing what one character can do. It really is. So, Joker, you a fan? Oh, God, yes. And I am, too. <laughs> For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, a comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails. <laughs>